Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest show on earth! And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Welcome you to this episode, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Mad Monkeys film pick of the week, Stree, from 2018 and directed by M.R. Kashik. That's right, we're going Bollywood, baby. So stay tuned later on in the show as uh, the King gets very confused and frustrated at times, but we're going to get through it. Uh, first of all, I'm joined by the bold, the beautiful, my uncle, the Govgi Keith. Ostri Kalvapa Sajau. Hello, everybody. Oh, shit. <laughs> and welcome. <laughs> what he said. To. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a talking terror, of course. You know, I, I forgot for a second what I was talking about. I was, I was mesmerized by the beauty of the street. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We, we all, uh, yeah. So anyway, we're also joined by my other <laughs> uncle, the psychotic simian, the bad monkey, the prince of my Moore's day. Get Bollywood with it, monkey. Oh, yes, baby. We getting more funky than the unwashed feet of an undead rat returning from the grave. But you know what time it is, Fry fans, so slip those headphones on and let the demonic DJs of Talking Terror do that thing to you that you love us to do. Yeah, yes. But if you can't listen live, that's cool, baby. Remember that you can access all of Talking Terror's episodes in the Talking Terror catacombs. Available on iTunes, available on Spotify, available on Blog Talk, and pretty much a bunch of other motherfucking places that we don't even fucking know about. But just remember to stalk our sexy selves on Facebook and Instagram, baby. What's up, right, family? <laughs> oh, is that so Bolly with it? <laughs> it's it's the monkeys' musical uh, musical theme, or, or or is this like the the Oscars in which you know when, when you go too long, we just start <laughs> play, playing Indian instruments around the house. Oh, oh shit! That's cool. oh, that's my music. Oh, that that that's my cue. I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, thanks everybody. All right. Okay. Okay. Satan bless. All right. Love you, mama. Okay. And on my way. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I just felt like black people when we're done with the Oscars. That as entertaining <laughs> as that might have been throughout the course of the show, I have already been punished, and the instrument has been taken from my from my my hand. <laughs> The cool girl is now taking it, and she's going to go play in the bedroom while watching Indian movies all on her own. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to tell me that your daughter came in and snatched it away. (laughs) No, no, the cool girl took it, you know. The the little monster's already in bed, so. (laughs) No toys on the show. (laughs) I can't have any fun around here. I hate this house. (laughs) (laughs) This is the worst podcast ever. (laughs) <laughs> it's a fucking prison in here. <laughs> anyway, like the, the we're also joined. Fucking phantom zone or the negative zone, whatever the hell they call that thing, that <laughs> yeah. last thing in, in fucking Superman. We're also joined by the Demonic Dean, very astute, very educated Demonic Dean. Welcome back to the show, Dean. Uh, very, very complicated. Very educated and very ready to to talk about 
this evening's film and, and many other topics as, as we do here at Talking Trash. Of course, of course. Um, and uh, right off the top, uh, programming notices going around. Uh, Ghoul, I know we talked about it before we went on air, but uh, I believe you are out for next week. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, I will be, uh, be, be doing some work in another state, and I shall not be available for the show next week. Goose show. Happens, he's, a good, he's going to a goose quiet, show. Uh, for me, because <laughs> next week is my, my spring break week, and I will be off the grid camping uh, in SoCal. So I will not be here as well. He's okay, going so, on spring uh, break. Going on a spring break. break. <laughs> so, so I wanted to get that out of the way before we kicked off tonight because it's just going to be me and the monkey uh, next week. So I will present the surprise pick uh, that only me the monkey, monkey. I'll be talking about. So, so <laughs> you know, I'll pick one. I'll pick one of those things that I know that the ghoul and the the bean probably fucking hate. So <laughs> that's like my time to shine. Like, I know the show. Hello, it is. are not going to be here. <laughs> just go with uh, the shower, with... buddy, and, and you're good to go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going with the Jawo, but uh, yeah, I have one already picked we're out. Both, so we're good. You can go with the, the Doctor Giggles documentary. But um, my question is: this documentary. Uh, so next week, next week, just so we're clear, next week is just mm-hmm. a special one-off with you just doing the pick, and then the following week we resume the normal order where it will be the Ghoul's pick. Correct. Yep. So okay, and then we will, the we, do, we will re- resume normal programming. Okay, <laughs> just watch it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how we're gonna do it. It's gonna be a special, you know, toss in the hopper for uh, a pick. Um, I have two. I decide which one we're gonna do at the end of the show. Uh, but so yeah, so it's just gonna be a very special episode of me and the monkey where we're just gonna do a rails of cocaine and talk about a random jello. It's gonna be fun. Ah, make it work. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be jello. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> the original remember, remember, remember what he said too. He goes, "Oh, it won't be a Jalo. Now it's gonna be a Jalo." See? No, that was me fucking around. It's actually not gonna be a Jalo. It's gonna be a fun one. It's an American movie uh, from the '70s because, of course, that's my favorite decade for horror. So, yeah, well, I'll announce it at the end of the show. We'll we'll cover it uh, next week. Uh, well, with that out of the way, uh, before we get into horror news, do any of you guys have anything you want to talk about before I hand it over to the dean? Dude. Uh, nope. So, I, I, I do. I do. Okay. I, I, I need to throw a PSA out there. Okay. Just, just to, just to warn the, the public about the dangers that can be inherent with, with edible THC products. Okay. Oh, no. I, uh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 as recently as Sunday, I attended a very special, uh, special event that was, was local to me. And how? In which, uh, in which upon entering, you know, you, you got to hang out, get shown a couple of different things, and you're, and you're left with a goodie bag of, uh, of all kinds of wonderful THC gifts. And, uh, you know, there, there was some flowers, some vapes, some, some, some edibles, all the things that I, I enjoy the edibles. We, we know this. I've spoken about this many a time. Uh, I, I love my gummies. I, I really do. Um, yes, amongst do. This, this package of, uh, of edibles was a, a thing called uh, Trips Ahoy cookies. You know, very, very clever. <laughs> you know, it's Chips Ahoy. It looks just like Chips Ahoy, except it's Trips Ahoy. Now, now my warning for that is a twofold thing. One. 
obviously hide your edibles because they look exactly like the same packages as what your kids would certainly love to enjoy. So if they take it to school, oh boy. you're going to get in trouble. Uh, but that didn't happen, thankfully. No, instead, you know, here, here's this package. I've been taking my gummies as of recent. And because of shows and shit like that, I figured, oh, my tolerance is up there. I should be okay with, these, sure. with this, this cookie, of course. But I'm still very, very cautious. And, you know, I opened the package, and both the cookies were kind of like, you know, they're, they're just two cookies. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the 250-milligram package or the 500. Judging from all the rest of the stuff, I'm going to guess it's the 500. Um, I, I proceeded to, <laughs> to, to take a sliver of cookie from, you know, like I said, they were kind of melted together, so it took a sliver, and it was like a sliver off of both. My, my guess would be the sliver was about a quarter of an inch by maybe a, a half an inch. It was very, very small pieces. I, I, I ate those two, and then in the bag, there was still like another like broken off piece that wasn't very large, and I was like, oh, how, how much more is that going to do to me? I'm just going to eat that too. Uh, I, I, you know, the first hour or so as I waited for it to kick in, I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm starting to feel something. Um, I started playing the latest, uh, Borderlands game, uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, a very fun, fun first person looter shooter with, uh, with some D and D type of mechanics thrown in for storyline only. They don't actually do anything for the game, but, but regardless, I, I was playing that as the, uh, as, as the effects started to take hold. Um, after about an hour, I realized that I can't play this video game anymore because my motor functions and everything else within me was beginning to short, psych, short, short circuit and fail. Um, at which point, after about, after about an hour of, uh, of playtime, it's now about 5.40 in the afternoon on Monday, I proceeded to shut my entire living room down, slink my, my twitched-out ass into my bedroom, climb into my bed, and proceed to lay there in a fetal position for about, I don't know, till Tuesday morning, okay, in which I had moments of wondering if I'm alive, thinking I'm probably dead, realizing, no, I'm not dead, but I'm probably going to die, and then wondering, oh, no, you know what, this isn't so bad. Oh, shit, it's really bad again, and this really fucking sucks. Oh, it went away. Thank God. Oh, no, it's back. Okay, this was a fucking, what the fuck? One hell of a fucking ride and that So, like I said, PSA, top of the show. Be careful with your edibles, people. Those fucking things can really sneak the fuck up on you. Oh, uh, here, here is another PSA to that. And, Ghoul, I wish you would have reached out to me when this was happening, although it sounds like you were pretty incapacitated. Uh, a, a high dose, a high dose of CBD... Uh, will help to counteract that. So, so uh, in the future, if you find yourself in this predicament once again, uh, a high dose of CBD uh, will help to kind of balance things out a little bit and pull you out of that and, fucking nightmare. And you're right. And I do Ooh. actually have one of those tablets as as given to me by you, actually, Dean. And uh, what I what oh, I oh that capsule you still have that I still, still have, have that capsule that I yes. gave you. Um, yeah, yeah. If you would yeah. have taken that, it would have been very helpful. 
Uh, well, you know what? Unfortunately, while you're in the throes of, of agony and wondering if you're going to survive the evening, the idea of taking another item just did not enter my head in any way, shape, or form. No, no, of All course. I kept doing of was course. praying for unconsciousness and then life. And yeah. then unconsciousness and then life. I'm and waking up and realizing, oh, thank God, I feel better. But now, now, with that for the future, inkling I'll of, think about it. If that if that inkling of knowledge is now floating in, in the ether of your brain, uh, you will then hopefully have the wherewithal to know what to do. Uh, when I was once in the position that you described, um, which happened to be while I was hosting a fucking party at my house, um, you know, uh, I probably could have saved myself if I would have known um, that that would have CBD. Yeah, I would have been able to pull myself out of that fucking nightmare. But um, alas, I was not. But I have since learned that if the THC gets on top of you in a big way, uh, that a high dose of CBD could be very, very helpful. And none of that fucking ShopRite CBD, like real cannabis CBD, not the hemp shit. Indeed. Well, Indeed, hey, people. Live and learn. Look at that. You're still here. We're all about, You're fine. All about education here. We are. We live to fight another day. Um, I do like PSAs, and that's a good one for our folks at home. Uh, and before getting into horror news uh, quickly, I just wanted to say, hey, you know what? Every now and then, life throws you a couple W's. Not a lot of L's, but a couple W's. And I did with NECA uh, because I did get my two Holy Grail items that I've been talking about on the show probably for like the better part of the year, uh, the Dr. Loomis and Michael Myers two-pack, as well as the Ultimate Ash from the Evil Dead. So I have both. And shout out to TA who recognized that on our comments and said, yeah, you've been talking about that for a while, dude. And I got them. So they're, now, they're now proudly on myself, and they are displayed perfectly. So I have Ash, I have Dr. Loomis, I have Michael. Uh, the monkey has seen my figures of Michael and, and Dr. Loomis, and he was impressed. So if he's impressed, I'm happy. Yeah, Wait till he the, yeah that. The, yeah, the the, sculpt, the sculpting on the Loomis is fucking top notch. It's really, really fucking good. They they really nailed the fucking face, and the rest of the body is just really, really well sculpted. It's, it's just it's a really, really good fucking figure. Mhm. So yeah, I, and then the Ash, I just happened to come across on, at a random Target. I was like, let this be the last one. Come on, luck. Come on, let's get it. Come on, I need that Ash. <laughs> and there it was in the Lego section, just kind of thrown, you know, like somebody was like, I want to get this. Nah, fuck it, I don't. And they just kind of threw it away, and I was like, ah, treasure. You know, a little bit of the cover is ripped, you know, on top, which is okay, because I let my characters breathe. You know, I don't, I'm not going to sell them. You know, they're mine, so I don't mind that it's got a little tear at the top, you know, so I just brought that home real quick. And then also, Monkey, props to you for finding the McCready figure. And I was like, double down, do it. <laughs> Put that in your cart. <laughs> From the thing... He's like, hey, King, I found it. I was like, done. See you next week with the figure. <laughs> I got the money. You got the figure. He's like, okay. <laughs> In the cart it goes. So, hey, yeah, King was so just like, how, coming how, home too. how much? I told him, he said, pull the trigger. I'll pay you back next week. <laughs> yep. Very yep, nice. He told me, I was yeah. like, done. Yeah. So now I yep, have a treaty cause... joining the gang. <laughs> That's yeah, a hot one, man, I, this I saw that. I saw that figure, and that figure is actually really, really nice. I even considered grabbing that one. Yeah, that does look really and, nice. So, okay. And then speaking mm-hmm. of this, speaking of this weekend, 
Speaking of this weekend, WrestleMania, baby! <laughs> too big for just one night. The most stupendous pay-per-view oh, of the yeah. year. It's like our Super Bowl. Monkeys coming over for night one. Really excited. Our second pay-per-view together. And this is a big one. This is a big show. Hell, yes. <laughs> Don't worry, Cole. We'll be texting you the entire time like we always do during pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what like, we do. I'm not, head, I'm not head to PA till Sunday. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I can uh, I'll, I'll obviously be watching it Saturday night. And then, yeah, I'll be watching it. I'll be staying with my dad. So, yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine with watching it Sunday. So Perfect. I will be watching WrestleMania, of course. Yeah, man. Nice. It's too big for one night. Friday. Because <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, <laughs> Nikki Bella can't wait to hear Vader's speech. <laughs> oh, my God. That whole thing had me fucking dying. Oh, I can't wait to have his presence in the room and to hear what he has to say. I was like, from the grave? <laughs> He's been dead for a couple of years. This will be him. <laughs> They're like, holy shit, oh, he's alive. Lost the buried alive match. That's what happened, you know? <laughs> Just cut to a floating Vader mask. Oh, he's here. It's the floating Vader mask. It's Vader time. Oh, he's contacting us from beyond the grave. She's going to pull out one of those talking wrestling figurines of Vader, you know, where you, like, push a little button on the back and yep. be like, here's his fucking speech. It's Vader time. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a good Hall of Fame because the Steiner brothers are going in this year as well. You know, Rick and his That's brother, the Steiners. So I can't yeah. wait to see what Scott has to say. Because <laughs> Scott swore off the WWE a long time ago, so I can't wait to hear his yeah. speech about how much he just loves <laughs> that company. Yeah. Rick Steiner too. I was like, I forgot he could speak. That big brute of a man. Dog face gremlin, ah. baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> yep. And also, you know, Charmel Booker T's escort. Cause she has oh yes, oh, hell yeah. She, yeah, she totally earned that. Yeah, she she totally yeah. earned that spot. <laughs> We're in that spot, yeah. right next to King Booker, two-time Hall of Fame. Uh, but so yeah, it's going to be exciting Saturday and Sunday. Can't wait. We're going to be talking about it. <laughs> and don't forget what he called a lot of food. Oh yep. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't slap him, but he called him something. <laughs> it's on you. It's a hard R. Unfortunately, it was not yeah, said yeah. in a friendly yeah. way. That's a lot of food. Let's, <laughs> let's say it was brother, except it started with the N word, yeah. the N letter instead. And it was completely. <laughs> he just looked at the camera and nodded, and we're like, okay, all right. Thank you, Booker T, for those words. Anyway, moving on. Stay mysterious. What do you have to say? <laughs> so. Looking forward to it. Uh, with that being said, okay, Dean, the floor is yours. What are we talking about tonight for Hard News? Oh, there are just so many things to talk about tonight for Hard News, but I do want to take a moment to say, because while uh, he is not one that has spent much time uh, within the genre that we talk about here at Talking Terror, I do feel mm-hmm. it's important to reference this, being that uh, he was the uh, one of the leads in one of the three horror films that have been nominated for Best Picture that I can think of 
uh, going back to 1991. Uh, and of course, I'm talking about uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Sixth Sense and the news today uh, that Bruce Willis has to retire from acting uh, as he's been diagnosed with aphasia, which is a form of dementia that is a neurological disorder that is going to rid uh, him of the ability to speak and communicate with words. Um, Hmm. You know, Bruce Willis obviously is one we most know uh, from the action genre, uh, but has stretched out to other things. And, um, you know, I myself and, you know, you, you, you uh, Monkey and, and King have uh, been patient on the nights when uh, the ghoul and I, you know, veer off onto our tangents about lethal sure. weapon films and diehard films and all of that shit. And uh, I myself as a, as a fan of Bruce Willis, just felt the need to just say these things out loud that I, I what a, what a mega bummer, uh, you know, that this is to, to hear this news today. Yeah, it's pretty uh, bad. You know, listen, I mean, Bruce Willis, you know, is one of those that, uh, I mean, I, I'm, again, I, I know this, it's the kind of performer that, that hits, I think, across all genres. Um, so, so whether or not you're, you're really a, a, a horror movie fan or an action movie fan, no matter what, you obviously know who Bruce Willis is. Now, for me personally, Bruce Willis was one of those, you know, who came about at that time as I was transitioning from, from watching, like, just animated things and cartoons into more mature features and, and adult things, Die Hard being you know, one of that, that, that first time that I, like, I remember Moonlighting being on television, um, but I wasn't really interested in Moonlighting, but when Die Hard came out, it was like, boom, wow, look at this, this fucking movie's awesome, and like that, Lethal Weapon, I mean, those, those were the movies that, for me, were like, bringing me into watching, you know, adult films, and Bruce, you know, is one of those actors that I always think about from, you know, from my childhood to now, and, you know, I know that Dean has said it to, to me a number of times, you know, we're about to hit that point now where we're going to start seeing some of our icons and some of the, the people that yeah. are important to us as performers that are going to start being on the decline and passing away and shit like that. Yeah, and that's I mean, gonna, really, it's going to suck. The next five yeah. to ten years oh, yeah. are going to be fucking brutal, brutal the next five yeah. to ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know about, about it. How about you, Edmund? <laughs> how about you guys? With, with, with uh, yeah, yeah. Because like you were saying there, it's like I was feeling the same way. You know, when you know uh, I lost Prince and David Bowie and Lou Reed all around the same time, I was like, holy shit! You know, it's three of my go-to musicians. You know, guys that really, you know, spoke to me personally in in their music and lost them together in such a short time. And then, yeah, you know, we're getting now to this point where it's like all of our heroes from when we were kids, are, you know, unfortunately it's going to start happening, you know, and the, like, like you said, you know, and said it very well, you know, these were our heroes growing up, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it's going to suck, you know, and, you know, like I, I know King had his horrible, horrible loss with Romero and it's just, you know, counting down the years when, you know, it's going to be Stephen King next and it's yeah. just everyone else. It's just, yeah. And it's just, yeah. <laughs> and like the Dean said, it's going to suck. <laughs> and then, of course, let's never yeah, forget Stan Lee. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a tough one as well. Um, and, uh, you know, from a horror standpoint for me, yeah, it was George Romero. You know, Wes Craven was the first one that went, and I was really brokenhearted about that. Then George Romero left, and then Toby Hooper left, and it's like John Carpenter's like, I'm still here, motherfucker. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Don't go anywhere. Just stay where you are. Just keep making music. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to lose you too, John. Like, you know, just, you, know you quit cigarettes. That's good. He quit. That's good. You know, but... You know, but yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's just it, yeah. I always appreciated him, and, and it was kind of his movies like Armageddon is so good. I love that one. Of course, Die Hard, um, you know, Unbreakable, uh, Pulp Fiction. I mean, there's there's a litany of those like Moonlighting TV series. I was a huge fan of with him and Sybil Shepherd. That becomes her. I mean, I could go on all day about Bruce Willis and and the things that I like about him. So it is kind of sad that uh, you know this is happening to him, and that you know our heroes are eventually going to to pass on. Except for Charlie Sheen, that motherfucker's gonna live forever in the cage. Like, they're going to be, like, 200 years old, like, you know, still making movies and still rocking out. Like, you know, and how are you guys not dead yet? I don't know. We're just awesome. <laughs> you know? they, 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 like, they, I'm going to be gone before Nicholas Cage goes. <laughs> they tapped into the Keith Richards fountain of youth. <laughs> they did. Like, you know, you can't keep Keith Richards down. He's just defeating everybody. I mean, he's the right Lenny <laughs> and, uh, you know, Betty White. And then, unfortunately, this past weekend, Taylor Hawkins from the Foo Fighters, you know, say what you want about the Foo Fighters of the band, but he was an amazing drummer, uh, and, and what a, a tragedy that was for the rock world to have Taylor Hawkins, you know, just leave at 50. So, yeah, a lot, there's a lot of these people, a lot of deaths, you know, recently for a lot of these people that, uh, you know, I look up to and, and respect in all different kind of communities. So Bruce Willis, hopefully. I don't know if this is the type of thing that you could beat or it's just something that just takes you. I don't know, but uh, wish him the best. And, you know, and, and, you know, he was always working. That was one of those things. Like, last year, he did, like, fucking ten movies. Like, they weren't good movies, but he just did a litany of movies. The last couple of years have had him doing doing some some things, but, you know, he's still, Straight he's still always cranks it out every now and again. And, and, he's working. And, you know, like, I've caught, yeah. I've caught a couple things, and it's like, they may not be great. Obviously, they're not at the heights that he was at, but... It's still right. it's still fun to watch him turn on the charm every now and again and just get that that little smirk that's that that Bruce Willis signature you know that tongue in cheek sarcasm you know the the the, the shitty asshole with a heart of gold. Mm, yeah, Sin City's another one I forgot to mention Sin City and also Cop Out I like Cop Out <laughs> I know that Bruce hates it I like Cop Out I thought that was a fun movie you know Kevin Smith I felt bad for him but. I will gladly watch that on TV. <laughs> Bruce Willis, Bruce like, Willis, writing Kevin Smith, going, "Are you guys going to the prom?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, again, yeah, you know, a, a great actor and enjoy retirement, you know, and, and you know, Jack Nicholson and Gene Hackman enjoy it. So oh, if they can planet, enjoy their retirement, you can't that was another horror. Oh, that's a minute. good one too. That's a good one too. I actually really did like him in that one as well. So good, you know, good point. Um, but okay, dude, moving on. What are we talking about horror news? Uh, I will tell you what we are talking about in horror news. The first thing I want to talk about, talk about in Will Smith. horror news this evening. Nope. No, I'm not going to talk about Will Smith. Uh, but what I am going to talk about is <laughs> the long-running uh, Nickelodeon property. Are you afraid in the dark? Because there is going to be yet another Are You Afraid in the Dark, this one titled Ghost Island, coming to Nickelodeon mm-hmm. yeah, later this year. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is now... In the dark? 
<laughs> yes, it's of the dark. <laughs> alone, what is it? Are you alone in the dark? Are you, are you afraid? Are you afraid? Are you afraid in the dark? Yeah, are you afraid in the dark? Is that what it's called? No, of the dark. Of the dark. Of the dark. In the dark. I wrote in the dark. I wrote in the dark. I don't know. That's what I wrote. I must have been writing fast. Based on my handwriting. Are you afraid in the dark? That sounds like an inner city parody. That's like spoofing racism, you know? Are you afraid in the dark? If you are, call the... Well, anyway... Uh, Ghost Island will be coming to Nickelodeon later this year. It's currently filming in the Dominican Republic. Uh, this is going to be the third uh, revival season uh, following the 2019 edition Carnival of Doom and uh, the other uh, revival edition Curse of the Shadows. So if you are a fan of this Nickelodeon uh, property, there is more to look forward mm-hmm. to with Ghost Island uh, coming later this year. All right. Looking forward to it. I am a fan of that property and the revival. So we'll see how Ghost Island is. All right. There you have it. Moving Happy on. Happy news for the king of horror. Uh, moving on. It is. It's all uh, a we, day. We, we all know that uh, the, the mummy film that was supposed to launch the dark universe was a colossal failure that uh, crushed all plans for the dark universe. Um, what I have since learned uh, was that one of the next up on the list for the dark universe was Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, and uh, Ooh, okay. uh, part of the dark universe. Uh, it never happened. Uh, but apparently uh, the Bride of Frankenstein in the dark universe was going to be a big lavish, beautiful, gothic horror production spanning centuries, uh, starting in the 1870s, uh, and then finding her inert for 150 years, and then being rediscovered and reawoken in the present-day times. Uh, So this has obviously never seen the light of day, uh, but who knows what would have happened if the mummy would have been a success. That's what I actually find interesting there, if I could just cut in real quick, you know, that's, uh, Go ahead. I, I remember, I remember these things being mentioned at the time, but I guess maybe it didn't dawn on mm-hmm. me until now, mm-hmm. you know, considering that it, it talk, you say awoken and, you know, I, I know that the, the mummy film was obviously not considered a, a woke or elevated film in, in any stretch. It played off just like all mm-hmm. of, uh, Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible films, except it had, you know, a, a mummy in it. But what I do find interesting yeah. there is, is that you have the mummy in which they went female, and the next movie was going to be The Bride of Frankenstein. Again, another female-centric horror villain to, to, to kick off these, these two films. Um, I do wonder how they really were going to go about this whole thing. That does sound like it could have been interesting. Like a, uh, we obviously have yeah. from our, our night 30s and 40s all of these you know, male-centric horror, you know, icons, you know, could, could they have possibly pulled this off in some kind of female way uh, had that film succeeded? But uh, that or the Dracula movie, too, because I know originally they wanted that Dracula untold film to be the one that kicked everything mm. off and they were going to bring it all together uh, at some point. But that one also didn't do well enough for them to even want it uh, attached to the mummy. And, uh, and then that failed. So here we are with yeah, no dark universe. That's interesting. No, I mean, it's interesting you bring that up, too, because they were planning on doing The Invisible Woman 
uh, after The Invisible Man came out, and it had some success. You know, it was better than The Mummy in terms of the box office, but Elizabeth Banks was going to direct it, and then nothing. So another female-oriented uh, universal monster movie. I mean, it, it could have been good. You know, I mean, I would have uh, seen it, but it seems like they just can't get any traction. And then Paul Feig is somewhere out there going, but I have the Dark Army still. I'm like, no, we're probably not going to have that done either. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I don't think we're going to be seeing the Dark Army anytime soon. Nope. Mm-mm-mm. He's still hoping. Just like he wants the Ghostbusters sequel to his 2016 movie. Still not going to happen. Keep on dreaming, Paul. No! We believe in you. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So what's next, Dean? What do you got? I will tell you that I have learned... Uh, that hmm. James Watt, a fixture in our genre for quite some time, uh, apparently has had mm-hmm. a very successful Netflix series called Archie 81. I'm sorry, Archive 81. Uh, and it apparently good. it was on the, the top 10 of originals and even was number one in Netflix USA for a spell. Uh, but it's been announced that Archive 81 will not be getting a season two. Mm. That's a bummer. I enjoyed it. Any reason why? I thought it was a lot of fun. Or no? Uh, no. Uh, Netflix often does not give reasons <laughs> behind these decisions. Uh, they usually they usually uh, eliminate uh, numerous uh, things in a fell swoop. Uh, but no, there will not be any more uh, Archive 81. In addition to those to it being on the top ten as well as number one for a point, it was also uh, apparently very highly reviewed and uh, highly regarded. So uh, no word on, yeah, on, on reasoning behind this, but uh, there will be no more. Yeah, I know my, uh, my old man had mentioned it to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had, my, my old man had said to, to check it out. He said he enjoyed it very much. I had heard good things about it. Uh, I wonder if this was like uh, I mean, obviously, if it's on Netflix, Netflix, I guess it comes down to who owns the property. Maybe that that uh, that might have something to do with it. Maybe Juan wants to bring it elsewhere. Maybe he wanted to do something else with it. Um, I don't know. I'll try to see if I can dig anything over the next week or so. I'll feed you guys the info. I think you would enjoy it. I think you might like it. I mean, I, I, I dug it. But I'm also a fan of, like, the, the found footage uh, subgenre of horror and has those elements in it. So that's kind of what drew me to it to begin with. But uh, it was really well done. Kind of surprised they're not going to do a season two, but like I said, they're probably just too busy bankrolling Zack Snyder, just backing that money truck up to his house, going, "Just make us another one, Zack." You know, okay, I'll see what I can come up with for another ninety million. You know, it amazed me watching the Oscars this this past week, and at one mm-hmm. point they put up like a thing, a top five of like the fans' like favorite fucking movies. And number one yep. on that list was Army of the Fucking Army of the Dead. Dead. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. I know zero people who like that movie. There is, you know what, Hollywood, you played the biggest fucking April Fool's joke that you possibly could have played. Because I don't know anyone who enjoyed that movie. Everyone I spoke to that I know of that watched that film was like, that movie was hot fucking garbage. You know, and if they didn't straight up say it was hot garbage, they were like, well, that was kind of an underwhelming film. Like, nobody even really came out to defend Zack Snyder on it. At least, you know, like you saw that with Zack Snyder's Justice League. All those people were like, oh, yeah, this movie changes the entire dynamic of the Justice League film. I mean, it's two extra hours of, of 
awesome stuff that fills in so much. It makes everything so important. Um, you didn't see anybody doing that for Army of the Dead. So so I, I found that interesting. <laughs> Oscars, I did. Yeah, a lot of people were, yeah. A lot of people were thinking that it was like bots and stuff like that. It wasn't actual fans because, you know, it's like, how? How is Army of the Dead for one? Like, this is why we don't give fans options to vote on things. <laughs> this is crap up with that. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't get it. But and then the people that were up in arms that Bob Saget was in the presidential election at this point. <laughs> oh, 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 here we go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of people were upset also with the Oscars for not including Bob Saget in the in memoriam. They're like, oh fuck, how could you not? I'm like, well, you want to go through the laundry list of celebrities that never made that list that passed away, like George Romero and Toby Hooper and Ed Asner and Mary Tyler Moore. You know, all these people that aren't included. It just it happens. Who cares? You the know what? Dumb anyway. Romero, Romero, I would say definitely should have been on that list. He made movies, but see, like I could say, like Mary mm-hmm. Tyler Moore, who was a huge, huge star, humongous, humongous, yeah. fucking gigantic. Yeah. But she was television. Yep. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. and the same thing for Sagan. I don't think of Bob Sagan as right. a film. I think of him as TV. Um, so, so like for them to not put him in, and if that's the reason why, then okay. I, I think, of course, obviously, all of those people, whether you're television or, or film, if you've had a major impact, if they could put up, you know, I don't know, some sound designer that nobody's ever heard of from fucking, like, I don't know, Zimbabwe or some shit like that in, in memoriam, I think they could get people like Mary Tyler Moore or Bob Saget in that fucking list, too. Like, oh, my Good God, point. in memoriam, Tom White, the guy that did that one movie that time back in 1983, he's in there. Oh, my God. He died? Oh, like, I don't know how I feel right now. Kind of sad. <laughs> Best boy number three. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, man, that guy that catered Slumdog Millionaires on there? Oh, wow, I didn't know he died. Nobody told me. <laughs> Worse, I didn't know Don't he forget, your, don't okay. forget your gaffers. Don't forget your gaffers. <laughs> <laughs> Best sound design guy. He died? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to take a day off from work to process this. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know oh, what to do about this yeah. anymore, but no. Yeah. Hey, boss, I'm calling you know, in. Every single kid, yeah, sound guy, <laughs> man. It, it really hit me, Dan. <laughs> I need. Yeah. <laughs> I need a. I just found out that day. Dan Hogan from <laughs> Guns of Navarone died. I got to take a day off. <laughs> yeah, it, you know that's why I I don't watch the Oscars. I think it's just all pomp and circumstance. They never recognized Romero or Hooper or Wes, you know, anyway, when they were fucking alive. So why the fuck do I care if they put it in memoriam for, for those directors? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never gave a shit about them when they were alive. So now you're going to care about them now? No. It's, it's like Miss Franklin told us. It's about R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Okay? That's why. That's why the asses need to be in there, man. It needs to at least be fucking recognized that these people were important to films. Mm-hmm. Oh, I completely yep. agree. But like I said, they they were never respected during their lives by the academy, uh, so they're not going to be respected now. So who cares? You know, it's all a show. Let's just go up and just slap every single one of the academy people. Mm. Get that Will Smith defense <laughs> in there. Yeah, but that's how. But that's how the academy always been towards horror, man. It's like it's always been snubbed. It's always been pushed to the side. And last, you know, it was. You know, considered a suspenseful movie like Silence of the Lambs, and they fucking you know love it and claim it's you know great it's drama. It's a horror movie, but they like we but, that, but yeah. no, I'm saying that's what I'm saying that they claim it as drama, yeah. but they don't, they still don't <laughs> yeah. recognize it as horror. 
Yeah. Yes. They, yep. Like we, yeah, a thriller because it's Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster. Never mind Ted Levine tucking his dick in between his legs and dancing around because he's going to skin fat chicks. Like, yeah, that's not awesome. Man, I mean, that, that's thriller. At one point in that film, Anthony Hopkins is literally wearing another man's face. Okay, it was one of the fucking, at the time, it was one of the most horrific things I had seen. And I had seen Texas Chainsaw. I had seen a man wear another person's face before. But it being all, like, fresh and wet and slimy kind of made all the difference right there. He filleted a man and hugged him from a prison cell to look like a fucking angel. That's horrific. But no, thriller. Thriller. Yeah, okay. Total, yep. Yep. (laughs) No way is that horror. That's total psychological thriller, <laughs> but it's fine. You know, horror is always getting this stuff. I know the one year they did, like, a, a, a look at horror movies, and they included Night of the Living Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was like, oh, that's nice. Let's put a little package together to show you the movies that we don't fucking recognize at all, just to give, the, you know, the fans at home that like horror movies a little bit of a, you know, orgasm. Oh, they're including it this year. It's a video package. We've seen it. Here's the pick. Give them awards. Take it. <laughs> That's why and that's why horror movies have their own awards. <laughs> not anymore. They used to. But, yeah, not for a long time. I mean, it's been years since Spike, you know, was a TV network when they did the Scream Awards. And then, of course, they had the uh, Hall of Fame of Horror back on USA back in the 90s where Chucky was a presenter, which is fucking amazing when I saw it at the time. I was like, holy shit, this is for us. <laughs> the fuck out of here with your dramas <laughs> and your comedies and all that stuff. We got horror. Like, Kane Hodder is here, everybody. Robert Englund's here. Like, you know, this is legit. But no, they don't, they don't do that anymore, which is okay, I guess. You know, but it goes on. But anyway, Dean, not to distract, but what do you got next for us? Let's see, King. What do I have next for you? You were just talking about Chucky, so I'll tell you that uh, it's been announced oh. that... Jennifer Tilly is returning for Chucky Season 2. Nice. Uh, there was not yet certainty about it. Apparently, things that happened as the first season wound down indicated a return, but she had not as of yet signed on. Uh, but now it is official mm-hmm. that Jennifer Tilly will be once again returning to the world of the good guy. Oh, God, I just love looking at her. <laughs> and, that, oh. and that voice. Uh, yeah, I went. Oh, hi, Chucky. Oh, oh you little champ. Fucking gives me the willies. Don't get me wrong. Back in the day, she uh, she had some nice hands, but uh, oh, oh good. Yeah. yeah, no, she plays a mean game like of poker. It's like what's her name, man? The one that plays Lisa Simpson. You know, when she was in uh, Maximum Overdrive. Oh, Veronica Cartwright. Oh, Lisa Hurdley. Hurdley? 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 Something like that? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, Veronica Cartwright does Bart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Curtis, don't uh, you make me a widow on my wedding day. (laughs) I cannot, like, recreate that sound, so. No, you can't. No, no, nobody can recreate that voice. It's too high-pitched and raspy. I just, I remember Stephen King going, hey, honey bond, this ATM just called me an asshole. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, she's trying to throw. Uh, she, 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 she's oh, trying Yard, to throw Yardley Smith un, Yardley under Smith. the table under a blanket. Yardley Smith, yeah. <laughs> Yardley Smith, yeah. There we go. Okay, yeah. Veronica Cartwright does Bart, so I'm I'm mistaken, but yeah, no, I, I I don't know if you guys watched that first season of Chucky, but I loved it. It was a great you know little series, you know, and they had fun with it, and it's always good to have Brad Dorf back doing his best in that Chucky voice. 
But if you haven't checked watched, it out, definitely do. It's, it was a lot of fun. It was like eight episodes. I watched the so first cool. episode. I, I meant to go back and watch it. You know what? I'll be honest. I kept forgetting about it. You know, like we watched the first mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll let a couple more episodes like get out, and then I'll watch it in, like a, in a bit of a binge. But I just, I, it's, it's not something I think about. And it's funny. Like I say, I always try to find something to watch, and I'm like, ooh, what should I I started watching, like, rewatching Game of Thrones. You know, but no, nah, I could have watched Chucky <laughs> instead. So now, now i got to try to <laughs> yeah. remember to do that. <laughs> and yet, once again, we forgot about He-Man. <laughs> yes, we definitely forgot about He-Man. Yeah, how did we let that go? We don't talk about He-Man. That's way over our radar. <laughs> I still can't believe we missed that second half. I know the goal and I was like, fuck yeah, dude, that was fucking awesome. Can't wait for the second half. I'm like, it happened already? It was out? Ah, fuck. They fucking killed him at the end. Oh, shit. (laughs) It was so fucking great. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Then the second part came out and we're like, oh, shit, okay. (laughs) What? Ed dies? (laughs) (laughs) Got to add it to the pile of things I have to watch on top of the books I have to read. So I just have so much going on. <laughs> All right. It's funny, too, because there was so much Chucky. hate about, like, that first half with mm-hmm. Tila and everything, you know? And it just right. goes to show you, one, that, like, nobody else watched the second half because there was, like, no complaints or bitching about it at all. Um, so it, <laughs> yeah. it does make me wonder. Like, obviously, you all didn't fucking give a shit about He-Man all that much or Tila because you didn't even go to check and so, see what the second half was about. <laughs> oh, they, they dropped out. They watched that first episode, and I know I'm out. Like, I'm not going to give any other episodes a chance. Oh, this come on. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Fucking elevate <laughs> me, man. What the fuck's up with that? I want to watch a man in loincloth hang out with other men. <laughs> Fuck each other with swords. Hey, dude, he's heard it enough. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's terrible. So, yeah, one of these days I'll get back to the second half of He-Man. Plus, the other fucking He-Man that the monkey's like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's another He-Man show. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> There's so much He-Man that I don't know about. Uh, I got to get back on it. Yeah, <laughs> you think you're done, and then they pull you right back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what things can we talk about? I would like to tell you all right now that tell me, uh, Nicholas Cage, uh, some on this. Uh, program are very big fans of Nicolas Cage and we know that he has you know essentially spent the last decade uh, cranking out uh, one straight to video uh, or straight to VOD uh, film after another Uh, you know that Mm -hmm. was due to the fact that at some point in time uh, Nicolas Cage you know was in massive amounts of debt uh, owing the IRS mm-hmm. millions upon millions of dollars, uh, dude spent all his money like buying shit like fucking castles all over the world and everything. Um, yeah, dude was a master mastermind at at blowing money, um, of, you know, <laughs> amounts of epic proportions. Um, well, Nicolas Cage is now out of debt and he can be more selective in his projects, but he wants to make it clear. He wants his fans to know that despite the quality of many, many, many of the films that he has appeared in over the last decade, uh, he has said that he 100% has never phoned it in, that he gave it his all uh, for 
for every one of those films, even knowing that uh, many of those films, the quality was poor. Uh, he always worked hard to give uh, his his best performance. Uh, he, he feels it's very that. important. Uh, it's, he yeah, says it's maybe. very important for, for people to know that. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you all because I know that some of you are big fans of, of Nicolas Cage. Big fans. Were there, and, and were there the, doubters? Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of doubters. Especially when it comes Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I one of them, the man. Definitely... Look, there's been there's been like the you know Mandy really, like Colorado Space, uh, you know that get yeah. included in 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 those films uh, that we've had some great fun with. But like, there are 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 many 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 films and that from this period of time that I know that I've never seen and I know that I probably mm. will never see. But just yeah. from like even going back to like the tail end of like visiting a video store. Cause you know, this all shit started in like the early to mid two thousands. Like you would see some of this shit on the rack and I'd be like, Oh man, like that's going to be fucking terrible. You know, uh, didn't <laughs> consider, Oh, maybe this movie's terrible, but Nicholas Cage gives a good performance. So I'll check it out. But like, you know, you look at some of the fucking list, the fucking listings, man. And it's, it's, it makes you wonder. I mean, I get it. Look, you need to make that fucking money. Like go get it. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, my, my I mean, only point is, is like, do 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 I? Obviously, the guy has taken jobs for paychecks, you know. So, so that yeah. part, I, I fully, one hundred percent understand. And I mean, look, he's he's a, he's a working guy. He had to pay off all that debt and shit like that. But at no point have I ever really thought in his career that he wasn't doing his utmost best at. Like in any of those roles. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that he's good in them all. It just means I know he's trying his hardest. Mm-hmm. I, I, my doubts come more about Nicolas Cage's acting ability as a whole than about his ability to actually perform at his at his utmost best at any given point. Um, you know, I, I know people sing his praises, and I've definitely seen him do some some fantastic things on screen. Uh, I do think he is also, though, one of the the most overrated actors we currently do have operating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and through the good and the bad. I mean, I, there's plenty of, of uh, not so good uh, Nicolas Cage movies that I've seen. You know, Season of the Witch, definitely not so good. Um, but you know, I definitely think that he he shows up to act and and do his best. Um, I. Did like the fact that he did an interview recently where he talked about the Wicker Man, and he's like, "Yeah, it was a comedy. Like people just didn't get it. Uh, maybe if I had a handlebar mustache like I asked for, uh, it probably would have made more sense." And I'm, I was like, "Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's oh, why I didn't get the comedy oh, of Wicker Man it, oh, because man. he didn't have a handlebar mustache uh, in that movie." I was like, "Yeah, yeah no, no. It, it's just, it was it wasn't a good movie. You know, it was overly like, funny, but." Yeah, <laughs> not the bees. I mean, we all know that. But at the same time, for, for all the, the bad Nicolas Cage movies, there's movies like Knowing, which I'm a huge fan of. And, of course, we covered Mom and Dad on the show. Uh, I know Pig was one of my favorites that he did uh, next year. And a lot of people are like, that movie sucks. I like Next. So I give that a pass. You know, it's not the best, but it's not bad either. I mean, you know, if it comes on, I'll watch it. So, uh, again, I'm just a Nicolas Cage mark. So, I mean, I, I will gladly watch anything that he does. And I just I appreciate the fact that the guy wants to consistently work. And he realized that he just can't buy everything, like castles and pyramids. You know, it's just it's not good. 
<laughs> you need to reel it back, you know, and, and go on and, and do these pictures, which he's doing now and having a great time doing it. Um, the immeasurable weight of massive talent comes out, I think, next month. I can't wait. I'm going to be in the theaters for that because that's just Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage literally in a movie. And I just like, this is the role he was born for to play himself opposite uh, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah. For so I can sure. for that. So anything he, he does, I'll, I'll be glad for. But, you know, he, he kind of had a resurgence. I mean, we can't deny that, you know, with like uh, the Dean had said, with Color Out of Space and Mandy, Mom and Dad, I think those three in particular kind of brought Nicolas Cage back to the spotlight where people were like, oh, you know what? He actually can fucking act. <laughs> he can make it fun or scary or weird. I mean, you know, Mandy's just such a fucking gift. I love that movie. I talk about that movie all day, all night, um, and mom and dad. But So whatever he comes up with next, I'll be gladly watching, including like we talked about last week, Renfield, where he's playing fucking Dracula, pimped out in a crushed floor red suit. I was like, that's just perfect. <laughs> that's, that's Dracula that I want to see. Nicolas Cage with the long nails and the, the red funk uh, 70s suit. So we'll see how that movie comes out in 2023. But moving on from my fucking massive erection for Nicolas Cage, uh, what do we have here? <laughs> well, don't beat that thing down just yet, King, because I have another item on my Nicolas Cage <laughs> oh, list. Oh, uh, I can only come so, so strong. In, in addition, <laughs> uh, in addition, uh, Nicolas Cage uh, has said that his version of The Wicker Man is actually a comedy. Uh, I he guess says while, while the overall consensus from people that have seen it call it an unintentional comedy, uh, Cage said there was nothing unintentional, unintentional uh, about it. Uh, he said that he and Neil LeBrut knew how funny it was, and they said that they could have been uh, more clear that it was a comedy uh, if producer... Uh, Avi Lerner uh, let him have the handlebar mustache he wanted to have uh, and to be burned in the bear suit. Uh, He said that uh, the producers didn't have the vision uh, that he and Neil had for it, but he said that it is not an unintentional comedy, that it is truly a comedy. Yeah, it is. It really is. And thank you for making it, Nick for remaking Wicker Man making a new comedy. (laughs) Anything more in Rage Cage news or moving on to something else? No, you can start working on that thing now because the Nicolas Cage news is coming to (laughs) there. I already came twice, so we're good. Damn, yeah. I know, I do. It's just what he does. just what we're looking forward to hearing about as we do our broadcast. But uh, I will move on. Uh, Just a few weeks ago on this very program, uh, we covered the recent uh, Scream 5 film, Scream, uh, on mm-hmm. this show. And uh, I'm here to tell you that uh, director Tyler Gillett, who is part of the directorial team that will be directing the sixth entry in the series that will be coming uh, next year, uh, has said mm-hmm. that with uh, the current uh, Scream film and I feel that enough time has passed since it's released that we can talk about uh, some spoilers. Uh, He said that 
in the context of the series that killing off uh, Dewey uh, was a big moment. Uh, he says that Scream 6 is going to up the ante and it's going to be no holds barred and that anything is on the table. Uh, with that so they're going to kill Sydney at the beginning. Well, we'll see what happens. We can only hope. Uh, related yeah. <laughs> uh, to, to, to the sixth Scream film, uh, Courtney Cox uh, has signed on to return as Gail Weathers, and uh, Nev Campbell has said that she has the script in hand, uh, but she is not making any decisions about her return until she has the opportunity to read the script. So uh, Ooh, I'm sure okay. there will be more news about that uh, coming uh, down the pipe in the near future. And I will be sure when I see that news to share it here in this portion of our program. Well, I mean, she's so busy making all these movies and TV shows. I don't know if she could fit Scream, you know, back in their schedule. She's just <laughs> so busy with all these projects. I don't know if she has time for Scream 6. We'll see. You've got to read the script. I'm sure it's going to be great. Sid once again survives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I just, Scream 5, like we talked about on the show, but at the same time, that movie could have done without the legacy characters. Didn't need them. We didn't need Dewey. We didn't need Gale. We didn't need Sid. That movie could have held its own with just the characters that we had, and I would have been happy. Like, they're just so thrown into the mix where it's just like, ah, we get it. They were in the other ones. So, I, I don't know. Like, it's just one of those things where I could just deal without those characters. Just go away. Just go away into the ether. We don't need you. We can make a screen movie <laughs> with, with young teens and Ghostface. We don't need the legacy characters anymore. Yeah, unless you bring Matthew Willard back. I'm for that. Because he's like, I'm not dead. Sure you're not. <laughs> Figure it out. I'm fine. I'm not dead. Either. Yeah, I know. That looks dead. That, that looks, looks pretty bad. Looks pretty bad, dude. <laughs> looks pretty wound. final to me, Matthew. <laughs> it's not a flesh wound. Come back here. <laughs> so, yes, and the Dean will report back to us with more Screen 6 news as it comes across his news desk. Uh, but what else do you have, Dean? I will tell you what I have. And what I have is what I have. And what I have is that Robert Eggers' remake of Nosferatu uh, is on hold as uh, yeah. star Harry Styles has dropped out of the project. Uh, apparently, uh, this film was supposed to start filming back in September um, due to other star Anna Taylor-Joy's schedule, uh, but Styles dropped out. And as of now, uh, there is no timetable as to when it might get going again, uh, given the ever-busy schedule of Anna Taylor-Joy. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I was looking forward to that one, but I don't know what character Harry Styles is going to play, but obviously it was a big enough one for them to put it on hold until further notice. So Probably we'll see. I, mean, I, I, <laughs> 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 I don't even know who Harry Styles is, so I can't even say, like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, he's totally he's like from One Direction. He's one of those British boy band people. Uh, don't know that either, so. I'll assume they were popular. Yeah, he's like a, and he's like a, he's like a, 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 boy, a boy band person. Yeah. I don't, like know that, huge, I don't remember what the name star. of the, the boy band was. But yeah, he's a pretty huge star. I think he has a solo career now. 
but he's a, a pretty fucking hmm. huge star. Harry Styles was actually in uh, The Eternals. He comes in as Thanos' brother at the end in the after credits, if anybody's seen that. He's playing the name, uh, the name uh, Star Fox or some shit like that. The name of the boy band he was in was The Eternals? I thought it was something else. No, no, no. No, he was Mar- <laughs> Marvel movie. I know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, so the Marvel movie. Sure, you I know. I don't know. I don't know a boy band, so I don't know One Direction, but I'm assuming he, he's a talent. So uh, there you have it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that Willem Dafoe is going to be attached to the project as being uh, Kent Orlock, which I was really excited to see. But uh, either way, we have the right. Northman coming out. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one with Alexander Skarsgård just fucking like a rip as a Viking out for revenge. So I'm looking forward to that one, which Anitella Joy is also a part of. So I wish we had oh, the Northman to look forward to Busy schedule. <laughs> always, always busy. She's great, so I can't say enough good things about Nancy Taylor Joy. But all right, so what else do we have, Gene? I will tell you, King. And what we have is that okay. fresh off the press, uh, there is going to be an It prequel series uh, titled oh. at this time "Welcome to Derry." Uh, it's being set up right now at HBO Max, and apparently it is going to be an origin story uh, of Pennywise, although that has not been confirmed yet, uh, but potentially mm-hmm. an origin story of Pennywise, as well as, you know, the the dawn of the Derry curse. Uh, so uh, we will see how that develops, but that is uh, getting going at, um, at HBO, uh, HBO Max. Uh, welcome to Derry. Okay. Well, very cool. You know, I, I'm looking forward to that. I, I saw that news earlier this week, and uh, I know the details are scarce, of course, but, uh, you know, be cool to see a return to Derry in some way, shape, or form, because well, I did like They're obviously uh, going to have to, you know, take a big turn from what they did with that in the book, because the creature was, mm-hmm. like, always there in the book. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fascinating. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they're going to do. Any, any word on if uh, Skarsgård is going to come back to to play the role again? Uh, no, there's no information, no casting information, uh, no timetable. Uh, nothing is currently mm. filming yet. Uh, this is in like this is like the uh, like the early early pre, stage pre-phase. development. Okay, pre 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 phase. Kind of thing where they could even be dropping information to gauge interest to see if they even want to make it. So, okay. Maybe so, but maybe yeah. not. So, yeah, it's not really. It's it's in development, so we'll see if, if it uh, comes to fruition. All right. So, uh, you know, as we wrap up horror news, uh, I want to get into the movie for tonight. I know, I'm sure, uh, Dean, you have a litany of things to get to, but uh, we do have a movie to talk about, which uh, is The Mad Monkey. That was the last that... item on my list, okay? So, I don't Excellent. appreciate when people just make assumptions about the things that I want to talk about, uh, King of Horror. Uh, I'll have you know that my list had ended, and I've come to the conclusion oh. of the things that I wanted to talk about this evening. Are you going to slap me now? Is that what's going to happen? I am not going to do anything it? of that, but just make sure that you keep my name out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> out your fucking mouth. Now, anyway, here's your Oscar, Dean. So have a good time. Get jiggy with it at the after party. You deserve this Oscar. 
All right. So anyway, so moving on from that, uh, Stree from 2018, directed by Amar Akashic. Man, Monkey, this is your film pick of the week, so give us a synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's go now. Okay, man. This is the story about the village of Shenderi. It is a charming, quaint little town that is full of joy and happiness, but it is also a town full of fear and dread. For you see, once a year, the village throws a wonderful festival that brings in visitors from all around to visit their local temples and vendors. But the festival is also a dark time for Shenderi, because the festival is cursed, cursed, I say, for four days. The men in the village are hunted down one by one and abducted by their wicked female ghost that is three alright I picked this movie because we do a lot of international shit here <laughs> here on the show some countries are really great for their horror movies while others like India we always seem to have trouble finding horror that's just translatable to us especially since this is a country who has loads of folk- folklore and it's overflowing with creatures and demons and ghosts so hell yes we ought to be able to find some good horror here but again, it seems like we said something just always gets lost, which is why I was surprised by this film. This film is rather cheeky with an American angle to its humor. Um, like I, I found myself actually laughing at humor that was actually nailing. It was not getting lost in translation. And while I wouldn't say this film is horror in our sense, it was nice to see a lot of Giallo slash Friday the 13th stalking shots going on in this movie. But did this movie need to be two hours long? Oh, hell no, man. This easily could have been shaved down to a nice, clean hour and a half. Um, and it still would have been a good, solid film. But yeah, I actually had some fun with this movie. All right, who's next? <laughs> okay, cool. What to think about Street? Uh, you know, this wasn't my first time. Okay, so this is my first time completing this movie. It wasn't my first time ah. watching it. Um, I did when I was going through that uh, that heavy phase of watching Bollywood films. Uh, I was oh your Bollywood for, phase. For, yes, my my Bollywood <laughs> phase phase one, so to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was was trying to find all different genres of of their films, and you know, while searching for for Indian horror, this was the one that came up. Uh, you know, I guess it was real current at the time, and it had uh, the, the actress Shraddha Kapoor, who I actually really do like because she's extremely freaking gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's a very very yeah, pretty man. woman. Um, you know, so so that came up, and I'm like, oh, fantastic! I'm gonna watch this movie. Great time, and I just uh, I I don't think I was ready for it. Um, did I enjoy watching it? Yes. You know what I did? I, I ended up, despite how I went into this film, thinking what I knew about it, I, I really found myself smiling and laughing and enjoying it very much. Unfortunately, though, yes. Does this movie have elements of horror? Yes, it does. Is it coming off of a bit of Indian folklore from like 19, the 1990s that, that, that is going on. Yes, yes. Does India have all kinds of stories and, and, and wonderful things with demons and beasts and creatures and, and fighting between good and evil and all of this stuff? Yes, they do. Uh, they tend to not put that stuff into film because they feel like um, to, to present it would be doing a negative service to the community. And that's why you're going to 
typically find things that are going to be more comedic skewed when looking for uh, a, an Indian horror film. Um, because they, they only want to put out light and goodness. And uh, it's a, a very interesting culture that, uh, that I, I had done a little bit of studying on during my time. So, so I enjoyed this movie. It was fun. It was light on the dance scenes. Yes, it was long. It's two hours. But... You know, like the uh, the one guy I've spoken to during my Bollywood phase, Indian people like to get the value for their money, and that's yeah. why every single movie is like two hours to two and a half hours long, because otherwise they won't go to see it, because they won't spend the money to see it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Dean, what do sure. you think about Street? Uh, my my uh, sentiments are very uh, similar uh, to The Monkey. Uh, I enjoyed this one a lot. I thought that uh, it's definitely, and I, I totally get what uh, the ghoul is explaining as far as like time and money and, and investment in entertainment. Uh, but I'll take, I'll take, I'll take, you know, 90 to a hundred minutes of entertainment uh, versus, you know, 120 plus minutes of entertainment with 20 something minutes of filler to make it uh, that long. Uh, so I definitely thought there was some filler here, but overall, uh, I enjoyed the story. Uh, I thought that the why we got around to the the, the conclusion that the the the, the team uh, that had banded together uh, was 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 quite humorous. Uh, I I I will say that I I could have gone for like like one more like song and dance number uh, that would have made me happy. I love Bollywood song and dance numbers. Um, but I, I Only two. this is not the first. Uh, yeah, this is not the first uh, uh, Indian film that we've covered on the show, and uh, I, 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 I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I thought this was an entertaining, uh, entertaining film for sure. Gang, what you think, brother? <laughs> uh, yeah, street. So two hours. And uh, the link that the monkey sent us last week, he was like, oh, it's missing this and it's missing that. So, sorry, guys. So, I ended up going on the YouTube and I rented it for two ninety nine, and I want my fucking money back. It was on and, Netflix, uh, bro. I, I, just, I don't have Netflix. So, I anyway, asked, I would have given you on. my password. Well, you know what? I just wanted to get the movie over with, so I just wanted to watch it. Because I know that the monkey was like, well, maybe this will be the one that you enjoy. And maybe it'll make you kind of appreciate Bollywood and, and horror and, and who knows and it didn't it just it was it was two hours of a lot of talking and some dancing and and uh you know things I didn't find funny and things I felt like it dragged and uh, yeah just like I started taking notes and then after a while my notes didn't even make sense I'm like I, I don't know like eh. so this happened and then uh, they're going over here now and and uh so they're talking about this now and I was like my notes don't even make so I'm just going to go to Wikipedia and just going to pull that up. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of makes more sense because my notes <laughs> are terrible. So, no, I, I didn't like this movie. It was two hours. That just, I mean, I get what the, the, the ghoul had said. Like, you know, you want your money's worth. So, of course, you know, two hours is fine for, you know, uh, people to see a Bollywood movie. For me, no. It just, it, uh, no. I just, I, I, unfortunately, I just, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Bollywood movies. And this kind of cemented it. I just... It, this movie just dragged, and it, it finally got to the end, and I was like, oh, we're done, finally, when the credits rolled. I just, I don't know. I was so, I don't know. I just, I, I wanted to like it. Like, I wanted to go in thinking maybe this will change my mind. Like, maybe this will be funny and, and silly and just, no. It just 
no. It, it gave me flashbacks to Boot, where I was like, I don't like this movie. <laughs> and I'm right back there with, with uh, Street. Um, so I will do my best to narrate. <laughs> but, man, it's going to be <laughs> wild. Because I don't <laughs> – I mean, yeah. I'm going to try to uh, – so, yeah, I mean, so – the whole legend of, of Street in this, this town, uh, you know, while this four-day festival goes on, they write on all the buildings around this village, oh, Street, come tomorrow, and that'll make Street go, oh, okay, well, I'll just come back tomorrow. It's cool. Like, you know, I'm, I can't uh, take anybody who only takes males and leaves their clothes behind, uh, and we find out why later, why she does this. And then we meet Vicky, who is the... Indian equivalent of Skylar Aston from Pitch Perfect. That was my reference. I'm like, man, uh, he has a twin. He just looks so much like him. And yeah, again, like I was talking to the ghoul when we were talking about different things, like, cause when Vicky confronts like older people, he's like, what's up uncle. And I'm like, he has a lot of uncles. Like, he must have a huge family. And uh, the ghoul's like, no, no. That's like a sign of respect to like older people. Like he called him uncle, and so I was like, "Wow, okay." And I was like, "Because I was I was worried that he has this huge family um, and just really his father." But Vicky yeah, is, is a huge no English translation for that word, and there's no English translation for the female version. That's why you'll see sister-in-law comes up a lot in it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but it's like sir, yeah. it's pretty much you know sir and ma'am you know it, it's pretty much the equivalent. Mm-hmm. It, it's fine. It, it's fine. You know, I, I prefer uh, Temple of Doom you know, if I'm going to talk about Indian movies, and that's not even an Indian movie; it's an American movie. But feature, you know. Uh, but so anyway, uh, Vicky is a very talented tailor. <laughs> so, Vicky being a very talented tailor, like all the women love him because he could just guess their measurements by looking at them. Uh, while he's on a smoke break, not guess, a woman not with no guess. name. He knows. He, he knows. It's, not, it's uh-huh. a skill. He doesn't just guess. It's a skill, man. Give it to him. Give it by to him series, from the gods. By the gods. From another life. <laughs> Which is fine. So apparently they're, they're having a big festival in this village that's lasting four days, like I had said. So everybody's getting ready for it. Uh, he meets an unnamed woman while on a smoke break who approaches him about uh, a dress that she wants tailored. She tells him that, you know, she had saw him last year and it's like, Oh wow. So of course, Vicky uh, is love at first sight where it's just like, I love this woman and I can't blame him. Like the ghoul had said, she's gorgeous. Uh, this woman uh, that plays the unnamed woman. I know that the ghoul gave her name earlier. I don't remember. I already put it in my head. Uh, oh, but, so so, but she is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's uh, wonderful. Uh, but we also get introduced to Bitsu and Jenna, which are Vicky's friends. And, and You're going to skip I over the whole was, Vicky please thing? you got to talk about the Vicky please thing. It's like because she asked oh, Vicky, to make please. a dress. Yeah. <laughs> and because, you know, she, she asked him to make a dress. He's like, no, I'm booked up, you know. And she, she's, like, you know, puts her hands on his hand, looks her in, in, him in the eyes and says, Vicky, please. And that becomes a big joke no, the rest of the no, movie, not man. Like that, it's, it's, not like that. Not like that. You said it with no emotion. It was, oh, <laughs> Vicky, please. <laughs> I fucking loved it, man. <laughs> the dynamic between these three guys 
was it was <laughs> really, really good. I really enjoyed how they played off of one another. You kind of got the feeling like these guys get along in real life. And, you know, that is mm-hmm. always, yeah. always very helpful. And, that does, that tr- and that's something I thought was awesome because that transcends the language barrier. You know, so while you're watching it and you're seeing this dynamic play amongst these guys, you kind of get that feeling like, oh, cool. You know what? These guys really do. They're, they're, they're laughing at each other. They're enjoying their company. They're enjoying Like, so I found it believable that these three guys would be friends. Um, uh, you know, and, and that goes with their, their positives and their negatives. You know, like the, the one guy is always fucking, you know, giving the other guy shit about stuff. But you know what? Friends do that sometimes. Just like we always pick on the king and, you know, the, the monkey makes fun mm-hmm. of the dean and, and I always do stupid shit, you know? So that, that, that's mm-hmm. part of that camaraderie. And, and it was here in full I effect. Now, my one thing, the one thing I did think mm-hmm. was a little bit weird about the film as a whole with the cast the entire time, I kept feeling like these characters should be younger. Like, I felt like this movie would play, you could use the same exact dialogue, you could use everything the same, just make these kids, like, make them kids, somewhere between the age of, like, let's say, yeah. 14 and 19, mm-hmm. and the fact that, like, yeah. he's still at home with his dad plays off completely different. The fact that, you know, what's his face is still, like, getting picked on by his mom comes off completely different, mm-hmm. you know, and it would make it a little bit more, it could still be funny, but it might be a little more sincere, mm-hmm. and that, I felt like, at times was missing from this film, was a little bit of, like, just an age sincerity. Well, that was other uh, that, but that was another point about it though is that they're all in their young twenties. Like I'm, you know, I'm guessing it's supposed to be around like twenty five or something like that. And they look like they were mid thirties, uh, early forties. True, true. But that's how it's you know that's how it's always going to look. You know, especially with Indian movies where it's just you know you you just have those beautiful thick thick fucking beards like the fucking kings. Fuck you, king, with your beautiful beard. You know, but still though, you know. You're <laughs> but but it was the dyna- dynamic between, you know, Vicky and his dad and his dad going, you know, when are you going to take over the business? You know, when are you going to stop being a slacker? You know, and they're not going out and being the adults they're supposed to be. And right. so that's what, that's why their parents are always riding them going, when are you going to start being a man? When are you going to start being a grown up? And, but also they still have that childish uh, camaraderie that the ghoul was talking about that makes their interactions so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, and, at, and, the, at uh, the same yeah. time, like you know, not not to argue it, but you know, these actors are all in their mid thirties. It's got nothing to do with their bushy beards or or them <laughs> having a look because they're from another culture. It's because they cast older actors in roles that felt like they were meant for younger people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. Um, yeah, but yeah, like you had said, Gould, I did like Bitu and Jana and the relationship with Vicky, you know, and how they're just you know three dudes and just very close and having fun. Jana, I fucking swore he was Dev Patel from Scott Pilgrim versus the World as Ramona Flowers' first boyfriend, and I looked it up and oh. I was like, no, it's not him. But he fucking bears a resemblance. Totally not Dev Patel. <laughs> Dev character. Patel also played freaking uh, what's his face in the Avatar, the Last Airbender movie yeah which which i never saw but um so parties are going on all across because this is the first night um mm -hmm. 
Okay. Sorry. So, but yeah, so parties are going on all across, <laughs> you know, go. for night one. Um, uh, he, uh, Vicky once again meets up with, with the unknown woman who hands him a note and saying, if you ever want to see me, just think of me and I'll come, you know, make sure you read the note in oh. the morning after you freshen up. Me and too. she mentions that she likes the darkness. <laughs> and I was like, me too. I like the darkness too. <laughs> but so uh, we also get introduced to Rudra, who is like the, the paranormal investigator historian of this town. Uh, and he shows up and he tells Bitu and Jana all about Stree and the three rules to escaping uh, Stree, which is to never step out of your house. And you have to walk in packs like a wolf, not like a lion. Lions walk alone. Wolves go in packs. And three, if you come across Stree, she'll call your name. So first, take off your slippers. Don't run. Just walk. She's going to call your name three times, with the third time being so angelic that you feel it in your heart. No man can ever resist her on the third time. You're going to lose control here. You're going to turn around and look at her, and that's when you're taken. And the fourth rule is, uh, you know what? Got to go. See ya. So we never get the fourth rule. <laughs> just, I, I loved just it, man. Yet. They did. That, that that's another fucking mm-hmm. long running joke throughout the entire thing. Every time the fourth rule comes up, it always gets cut off. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. of course, uh, so after Ruja leaves, of course, uh, uh, Jana thinks that he had encountered uh, Stree. He's panicking, and he tells Bitu, and Bitu is like, "Well, we can't tell Vicky. He's just going to make fun of us if we tell him. So let's just go to the party and have fun." So we cut to the first Bollywood dance sequence to shake it. Uh, and man, that girl shook it. I, I was just so, so in love. You know, with the hips don't lie here, folks. She was dancing, and I appreciate it. Even the fat guy got involved. And even he was like, hey, I'm dancing. Like, you know, good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. Uh, she had uh, something moving. <laughs> that is for sure. Mm-hmm. So... Vicky is also at this party where the Bollywood dance sequence is happening. And during this whole dance sequence, he decides to go out and take a piss. Uh, and he decides to piss on one of the walls, which happens to erase the O Street Come Tomorrow writings. And that's what causes Street to come. So the power goes out. They hear knocking at the door. Is it Street? Are we going to die? No, it's just the guy's girlfriend coming in. But she is a nope. friendship person. So, nope, not yeah, girlfriend. Uh, I, uh, not girlfriend. <laughs> it's a friendship person. I said friendship person because we find out what friendship is, and she's a hooker, you know, who comes yeah, in to kind of hang out hooker. with him. And like, uh, <laughs> yep. uh, just, I love the fact that they say friendship. That's the entire thing. Because you want friendship? Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, so, and this is something else I enjoyed is that this town is cool about, you know, courtesans. You know, and friendships, you know, while uh, other movies that the ghoul and I have seen, you know, you don't even sit there and talk about this kind of shit. This kind of shit is never fucking mentioned, all right? You know, it, it does not exist. You know, men and women do well, not touch each other. They don't look at each other, you know, and societal. I thought it was cool for the – yes, yes. And I thought I thought it was cool that they – Put this in here to, again, throw a little bit of frat party humor in there. Sorry, Ghoul, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I'm just saying that whole thing is also societal, you know what I mean? we got plenty of societies out there that that understand that it, there are benefits to certain things like that. Um, and, you know, not just for, for the, the literal pleasurable moment, that it overall just leads to a 
uh, a general happier atmosphere, um, so to, so to say, because friendship is great. People love friendship. Um, hell yes. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. I, I, I loved making <laughs> friends. I really did. Of, of all, 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 all <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes it was free. Sometimes it wasn't. Um, I, I love the part of this movie in which Vicky's father was explaining to him what friendship was. Um, that, 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 was, that was a fucking like, fun time. The bird that had the all the awkwardness of an American Pie movie. So, so yeah, it was so weird. But it plays into what yeah. you had said, Ghoul, about them possibly being younger. And that's what I thought during that sequence is that, you know, Vicky should be younger. Like, he should be, like, 14 years old. Because his father was like, well... You know how a man and a woman have sex, right? Like you know, and sometimes you could pay for it. Like you know, <laughs> this is something that you tell like a fourteen-year-old, not somebody <laughs> you know, uh, Vicky's age who should know about friendship. Because uh, that night, uh, a guy named Narendra is taken as he tries to work on on the fuses, and after they see him gone and his clothes are left behind, they decide to find out who fucking peed on the wall. And Vicky's like, "I, I did. Who cares? Like it's fine." And they're like, "Oh, fuck you, dude." You know, like, how the fuck could you be so careless, you know, and Shree's going to come and take us all away. And he's like, man, it's just pee. Relax. We can paint over it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. like, are, there laws, yeah. are there laws for where I can pee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but then, so, you know, Vicky's like, all, all right, well, let, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's all man up and let's go out and go rescue our friend. And they're all like, yeah. And next shot, they're all just standing on the edge of the yard in a line all across. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're just like, uh, I got to go home to my mom. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, we'll just look forward tomorrow. <laughs> um. The one, the one scene I did like in this movie uh, that I'm going to bring up is the fact that we do have that letter that the, the unknown woman left for Vicky, uh, and he's kind of excited to read it, but he just it's kind of like that boy's thing where it's like, I don't want to read it. You read it. You read it. So he gives it to, to Bitu to read, and he's like, okay, so if it starts off with like, hey, dear, hey, honey, like it, it's serious, like, you know, she might be in love with me, and it starts off really nice where she's like, you're very sweet and handsome, and I really appreciate meeting you last year. Oh, by the way, here's a laundry list of things I need, by the way. Like a wizard's tail and white cat's fur, flowers of the Torah, brandy. And, and they're like, oh, so she just wants you to get things. And then they fucking have a montage where they're going around town getting things. And they have this part where they're on the motorbike, and they're fucking all hugging each other and, like, really embracing each other. And I just, I, that's the one moment where I just started cracking up because I was like, oh, like, Vicky just closes his eyes and puts his head on fucking John's back. And I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> they're getting along while they do this. <laughs> well, see it again, though. This, this is where, like, us as Americans are, you know, we're, we're trained to not be close to each other as males. You know, the, the, the whole idea yeah. of being a masculine male here in America is that we're not vulnerable in any way. You know, we don't get sick. Right. We don't get hurt. We don't go to the doctor. You know, except when we do get sick, we're all a bunch of fucking babies. Um, Hell yeah, know, I, a bunch I, of limp dick. Know, I know I am. I'm, I'm the <laughs> biggest pansy on the face of this planet when it comes to that. I get like a, a fucking sniffly cold and I'm like, dying. <laughs> um, but like, so, so like we have this, 
is going on, and we see this in other countries in which, you know, to, to what our American sensibilities may be, you know, just, just to use the, the easy teenage way of saying it, oh, that's gay. Um, no, it's not. It's just these three guys. Exactly. You know, it's these, these three guys that, that are all hanging out. They're all talking about this. Vicky's in love, and this is just going to show that, you know what, men do ridiculous things when asked when they are in love with a woman, yeah. you know, whether it's actual love or if it's just infatuation. But, you know, I, I can say I've been guilty many a time of just doing stupid shit while, you know, being in the throes of love. Mm-hmm. And it, it, True. it's nice that they all helped out, too. They weren't like, fuck you, we're not going to help you find this stuff. But they do. They kind of just help them find everything that the unknown woman wants uh, Vicky to get. They get uh, a laugh out of it. Worried. Yeah, they're just having a good time just doing that kind of thing. Um, Bitsu is the first one to be worried for Vicky because he believes that the girl that he's been talking to is Street on the second night of the festival. So when we see Vicky and this girl walking alone through the woods, you know, he tells her about all the designs that he has for her, and she ends up yanking open his shirt. And when he does this, she (laughs) he he turns into fucking Bubba from Forrest Gump. Where he basically just tells her all types of clothes. Like there's mini skirts, long skirts, <laughs> short sleeve shirts, long sleeve shirts. And I was like, oh, it's the Bubba Gump segment. <laughs> well, that's about all the shirts and skirts I know about. You know, and she, she tells him to take her measurements, and it's like a sexy taking of the measurements, you know, where she puts up her arms. And he's, for the first time, Vicky's kind of taking control, where he's just like, yeah, I got you. What's up the arms, baby? Come on. Yeah. Spread them legs, I got to see. I'm like, wow, okay, Vicky, all of a sudden, turning into a very suave guy, you know, during that sequence. Um, and then when what he's taking the measurement, she disappears and takes fire as well. So the fire goes out, she's gone. He's like, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, nothing uh, weird here. Uh, yeah. Walk us through the woods, uh, la- lady, uh, lady, because he, because she has yeah. never given her name. <laughs> So, Bitsu and Jana, they go to a gas station earlier to fill up the motorbike that they use. And, of course, uh, Bitsu only wants to use 50, you know, rubles. And he's like, you cheap bastard. Like, fill up the tank. Oh, it's all right. It's like, 50 will take care of it. Like, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, 50 is good. We're going to be fine. And, of course, it's not fine because well, they run out of gas. He goes, why don't you ever put in more than 50? And he goes, well, why don't you ask my dad? You know, because his dad isn't <laughs> yeah. giving him any more money. That's why. I fucking love it. Like, it was, again, it was that stuff that, like, would work very well if these guys were kids. But there, there is a bit more humor to it being that they are grown men. And you just got to wonder, like, what the hell? <laughs> so we – uh. So Bitsu and Jana fight and uh, over the petrol running out in the motorbike, and they part ways. Jana ends up walking through alleyways in the city, and Stree appears and scares him. So Stree uh, is on the chase after Jana, and Jana remembers the rules. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to take off my shoes. So I'm going to take off my shoes. I'm just going to walk. I'm not going to look at her. And then he does that kind of walk where it looks like he has a shit in his pants, where it looks like he took a fucking dump, and he just has to really fucking quickly walk. And he, all of a sudden, he hears his name being called. So Street's calling to him, and he's like, I'm not going to do it. You know, I, I know the rules, but what the fuck is the fourth one? No, that's right. Do it. <laughs> that's what the fourth one is. 
<laughs> and what happens? Janik ends up getting taken by Shree and his clothes are left behind, leaving his mom to fucking hysterically just be, oh, my God, my God, there's his underwear, like, you know, and just picking up his <laughs> underwear. And the whole town mourning the fact that, you know, Jana has been taken and they don't know where he is. So Bitsu is on the case, though, because he tells Vicky, listen, you know what? Your girlfriend is a ghost because you don't know her name. You don't know her phone number. And you know what? We've never seen her with you. So do you really know whether or not she's a ghost? And he's like, oh, that's fucking weird, right? Because, like, she didn't enter the temple. Like, she stayed outside. And, and you know, you would think, like, a ghost wouldn't be able to enter the temple. And she didn't. She didn't end up taking the food I gave her either. So, oh, my God. She is a ghost. I can't fuck her now. She's a ghost. <laughs> no friendship. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. No, see, he's actually not against it still. The next time he ends up hanging out with her, he starts bringing this up to her and telling her that he's not going to judge her, that it's okay. He's actually okay with this. So even if she had turned around at this point, it was like, well, look, I am a ghost. You know, he's probably hoping that she's not going to kill him or, or, or whatever it is, but he still wants the friendship with her. That I found to be uh, quite mm-hmm. fun. He's a very understanding <laughs> young man. <laughs> he, he goes and he grabs the dress that uh, the unknown woman gave him, and he runs into the shop, and then you have a montage of Vicky stitching this dress together, and the one coworker is like, oh, my God, oh, my God, look at him work. He did this dress in 31 minutes. He's a fucking god. This is amazing. It's just, you see his feet working, the, you know, the mechanics on the, you know, on the sewing machine. I just, it was like, all right, we have it another was cool. montage, which it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> but, know, but it was a cool little montage about what he can do when he actually puts his mind to it. And then he was cutting it and, and doing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's also part of the character's arc, you know, was him not embracing mm-hmm. that this is – what he was destined to to, to do, uh, that, that it's, you know, this is a skill and a talent that he knows he has, but he spent the earlier portion of the film saying that, you know, like, this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to be, you know, a, a tailor. I want to be a dressmaker. He doesn't want to, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to do that, but this is something that he is absolutely 100% meant to do. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world to do it. You know, and never really and he, seen he, he, a, uh, a moment in film um, highlighting the the magical skills of, of a male seamstress before. Uh, it was quite oh. fascinating. It, it, it's amazing. Fine. I mean, you know, watch Kiki Boots. Kiki Boots and also, safe, in, my, all about that. in my in my house growing up uh, as a child, in the garage was like just covered in in this corner, like covered in spider webs and shit. Was one of those like old fashioned uh, sewing machines that you have to like step on the pedal. And uh, I never knew, because uh, it only had, like, the tabletop and the wheel and the pedal underneath. It didn't have, like, the machine that the thread goes on and all of that shit. So I never knew how, how that shit worked. So it was it was nice to see it in action. And I was like, oh, so that's how that fucking thing works. <laughs> my, great, my great-grandmother was a seamstress that I grew up at her shop. So, so I watched it in action all the time. Um. And the, the unknown woman isn't really helping her case very well because when uh, Vicky's on a smoke break, she approaches him, the rain clouds come in, and she essentially turns into Shree, but it's a dream. 
because he, he has it in her his head that she is straight, but she's not. And when he confronts her about it, she just gets upset and disappears again. So he's like, oh, okay, well, that happened. You know, she's gone <laughs> once more. Uh, so Bitsu and Vicky decide that they have to visit Rudra once again and find out how they could save Janna. You know, they have to find out how they can get him back and how they can save him. So Janna introduces them, uh, not Janna, I'm sorry, Rudra introduces them to a book called the Chenderi Puran, uh, which is a book detailing Sri's story and that she lives in an old fort and that that's probably where they're going to find Janna. So unfortunately there's not a lot of pages left because kids come into the bookstore and they just fucking rip pages out of books. And they're like, ah, that's right. <laughs> you know, kids just walk into bookstores and rip pages out of books. So we don't have the whole story, but, you know, we're going to find out where Sri is in this old fort. Um, so Bitu, Rudra, and Vicky go oh, Shri, to Shri's this place. gone. <laughs> yeah. And Yo, once it's back. they get to the old fort, <laughs> yeah. So once they get to the old fort, uh, Street does come and she tries to attack Vicky, but she senses that there's love and respect in his eyes, and you see his eyes turn red for a second. Uh, but she's eventually driven away by the unknown woman uh, showing up with a spell, and she's like, "Oh, hey, by the way, I'm not Street, as you can tell. Uh, but somebody close to me was taken a long time ago, and I'm here to fucking kill Street." That's what I'm here for. And all of a sudden, she's got, like, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Bollywood-style attitude about it, which is like, fuck yeah. Like, I got my fucking weapons. I got my spells. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, it's the, the, the street slayer that's come to, to help uh, Vicky and Bitu, you know, get back to, you know, their friends. Because um, it's been three years after she lost somebody during the festival season. And she knows that street only comes to town during the festival. So, she clarifies once again that, you know, she is not Sri. They're separate people, so you can trust me. Uh, and that's when Jana is found in the fort and taken home by Vicky and Rudra and Bitu. Um, and he comes home, and he's like, I'm just very tired. I just want to go to sleep. But he eventually wakes up, and he's under the control of Sri. And then he just fucking just takes all the guys in this town. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, he's just like, ah, it's party time. <laughs> and just takes the, the words off the walls that say tomorrow, and he's able to take all these guys out of their places and leaving their clothes behind. So it's like, are there any men left? There's a couple, but yeah, no. Dan <laughs> <Again>, obviously <laughs> is under control. Yep. He's Street's bitch. <laughs> and yeah, he's going around, like you said, erasing all the warnings so that Street can come through the town and take everyone. And, and, so now this whole town is freaking out, and we have that one scene of, of Bitu, you know, going to the, the rooftop and seeing possessed uh, Janna, you know, just growling and, you know, raising his teeth to him. Like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Like, you know, I'm possessed. It's not cool. But, you know, what else can you do but visit the author of the book that we had mentioned, uh, Shankar Shastri, uh, to find a permanent solution to save the town, save the city, save the men. Uh, and he informs the group that Stray had once been a beautiful prostitute. I mean, it's uh, in this town, and every man desired her. She finally found a guy that truly loved her and wanted to be with her, but on the wedding night, Stray and her husband were killed by the town's jealous men because if they can't have her, no one can. So she is killed, and her lover is killed, and her spirit has ever since been searching for true love and just seeks revenge on all the town's men by ducking every last one of them. And so that's why she just takes all of them and leaves her clothes behind because she's out for, you know, that, that sexy revenge because she no. didn't have her wedding night. Like it just, it never happened. 
But Sashri also tells him about a prophecy pointing to his savior. And Vicky just meets every fucking characteristic, you know, just about being a talent and having a nose and having an ego, you know, but Except also the fact that he is this. Uh, yeah, a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. They're like, by the way, yeah, mom was a whore. He's like, I won't have any of this. <laughs> Stop <laughs> talking about my mom that way, guys. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so then he gets, it's cool. So then he goes out and gets drunk in town, and like the weird ass way of just buying bottles straight through a cage. It's, I guess yeah. they have no bars yeah, in so this weird. village. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know I, I guess that's how it is, man. Um, and then he gets drunk and confronts his dad, and you know, confronts him kind of about what he was told about the prophecy, and then confronting about whether or not you know he married his mother, or whether he merely just had friendship with his mother. And, you know, if, right. <laughs> you know, did they ever have married, or was she just a courtesan? It is a weird scene, because like you had said, Monkey, like, it's like one of those things where it's like you can only get one bottle at a time. So it's like he, he drank the one bottle, and all of a sudden he's like, I want one more to get a little bit more. I would fucking hate living there. Because, like, when I get drunk, I want to get drunk. I don't want to be like, all right, I'm going to have one, but then I'll go back and get another one. <laughs> Uh, no, not yet. Not yet drunk. I'll get another one. Like, no, it would take me forever to get drunk in India. I'm sure, but uh, and, and again, uh, it's not just that. It's that you know, in their culture, um, it's not celebrated. It's uh, it's quite frowned upon. Actually, you even hear a line earlier is, in yeah. the film when she had asked for the brandy. He said, "Oh, well, now you know that she drinks." Um, so, so mm. typically they don't drink to get drunk. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's typically served as a, uh, like a, a celebratory or a religious, uh, ceremony type of thing. Um, but yeah, this was a, uh, it was, and again, this, this goes towards, like I said, they, uh, the, the culture doesn't believe in putting out things that are, are, are necessarily negative. So this confrontation that occurs with him and the dad is also repaired, lickety-split. Like, it literally flashes the yeah. next oh, so morning, fast. and yep. he's, a pot, like he's not even giving his dad shit about anything. We don't even find out if the dad married the mom or not. We just have him apologizing and saying he's never going to drink again. Um, and, and that is what Thank wraps that, that up. He, he, he now just I was so confused. takes on his mantle as the hero. Yeah. I was so confused, and I'm glad that you kind of said that because I had the same opinion about that scene. I'm like, what happened? Like, he just said, I'm never going to drink again. I'm sorry. And then you see him with his dad, and he's kind of embracing him and just being like, oh, I'm, just, I'm never going to drink, and it's fine, and it's cool. And I'm like, what? The father didn't say anything. It's not like the father sat down. He's like, listen, you know, yes, your mother was a courtesan, and, you know, we hooked up, and, you know, we got married, and it's fine. Like, you know, she, she gave it up after we got married. No, he just kind of stands there. <laughs> you see it, and, and again, his dad. What, like, get, what happened? What we get is the dialogue with him and his friends where he explains, like, you know, my dad raised me and loved me. I was raised in a house and taken care of. Yeah. The town, you know, <clears throat> never gave me shit, even though everybody obviously knew that my mom, you know, was, was, a, was a, a friendship maker. Um, you know, and I don't mean she sat in a fucking hut making bracelets. I mean, she was fucking making whoopee <laughs> with everybody. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, I, just, I yeah. also love the fact that the dad still has a portrait of her. So I, I wonder how many other men in the town have the portrait of, of Vicky's mom. Um, <laughs> but like I said, we also don't know if, like, the dad, did he marry her or not? So uh, I'm guessing no. Or but if they have it in their wallet. 
know, like a little five by seven in a wallet. <laughs> phone number on the phone they all have a wallet size photo. <laughs> yeah, call me. <laughs> you know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. But you know, one, once uh, Vicky comes to terms with this and just you know doesn't want to get drunk again, knows he's the son of the courtesan, you know, prostitute. That's when he gathers his friends to kind of make this plan to trap uh, Street. Like, if the Sree lives in the fort, well, let's take her out of the fort and let's invite her to this place where we can openly just kill her for once and for all. Let's reenact her wedding night. So you, Vicky, are going to be the husband in this uh, scenario, and you're going to have to Wait, seduce Sree <laughs> to come to the wedding bed, and we're going to paint arrows, and we're going to make all this stuff happen so that she comes to you and you're going to have to dress up in a suit and look really nice. And, you know, it, it's an intricate plan. And, of course, we have the montage of, of the painting of the arrows and Vicky yes. putting on the suit and not being happy wearing the hat. <laughs> I don't want to wear a cap. <laughs> It'll ruin my hair. It's <laughs> a sharp It's a sharp you look great suit, man. I got to say, you know what? When Vicky got all dressed up, I was like, yeah, man, look at you. <laughs> he looked dapper. Yeah, he looked good. You know, of course, you know, the unknown woman is just kind of telling him the entire time, like, it's going to be okay. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, I'll come in, and we're going to take her down. Nothing's going to happen. And Ruger's like, yeah, no, it's going to work. It's going to be fine. Like, you know, I would do it, but, like, uh, you know, I'm too old to be married. So I was like, okay, so that's an Indian thing, I guess, you know, in India, where it's like you reach a certain <laughs> age, and they're like, you can't get married anymore. No, no. he was just a coward. That's all. <laughs> He's just a scared of cat. That's all in on the joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if but, that was a you know, Indian thing or not, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> but also, the thing is, they were talking about how Sri is stupid because she'll, uh, or you know, not that smart because she'll just do whatever the science say. Because if you put the science saying, "Oh, Sri, come tomorrow," she'll come tomorrow. But then they put up signs going, you know, <laughs> "Hey, Sri, this way," you know, <laughs> "Hey." Hey, three, there's a party this way. Come on in. <laughs> She's just following the signs, following the heroes. Which, again, though, is yeah, funny because so it lends towards earlier in the film when they were talking about, like, we're the old, like, they literally call it out. They're like, we're the only culture that is like, you know, we don't tell somebody to just leave. We just tell them to come back tomorrow. And that's just their way of telling you to fuck off. You know, it's a really <laughs> nice way of going around saying, you know what, uh, get the fuck out of here. Come back please. tomorrow. <laughs> come back tomorrow. Yeah. And she reads those signs. She's like, all right, I'll just come back tomorrow. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it's fine. You know, and, and, and that's what she follows. So when she follows the signs this time and she confronts Vicky, you know, and, and Vicky has seen her transform from this weird ghoulish woman into someone of a beautiful woman, you know, as she was before she died. So he has seen this, and that's why Shri is attracted to him, because he has love in his eyes. So at one point when Shri shows up, you see the red in his eyes flash, and all of a sudden he's kind of like under her control, you know, where he's just following her to wherever she's going to appear, you know, in this labyrinth uh, that they set the trap up with. And Vicky is the one that says, well, we can't, we can't do anything with her. Like, you know, we knocked her down, but we can't kill her. Like, she's just, you know, resting, like, you know, on the ground. Like, she just wants love and respect, you know, so we just can't kill her. And, of course, you know, and the woman's like, yeah, fucking put a stick through her heart and cut off her braid. He's like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, I, I just kind of want to. Can't we be cool? Tell her that I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Like, what the fuck is all this killing all about? Like, all of a sudden, you're just fucking jazz. Okay, take it easy, Buffy. Ricky's thinking long game, too. You know what I mean? He's like, if it doesn't work out with the unnamed woman, this chick's a courtesan, you know? She's like a, she's a home run. It's like built in, you know? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, they, they do, like, it, it didn't really make me laugh as much as I kind of got the humor behind it when Stree starts screaming at him. And he's like, what's with all the screaming? Oh. Why do you keep screaming at me? He's like, oh, oh. Like, you know. I was like, okay, I, I get it. Like, and she, like, and I, she I, actually I was, shut up. It, yeah, I know. It kind of got a grin out of me, but it didn't make me – I was like, I get it. All right, I get it. <laughs> you know, and the fact that he screams back at her, you know, and at the same time he's like, you know what, why don't we just cut her braid off? Like, uh, that'll, that'll do it. Like, you know, we'll just cut her braid off and it'll be fine. So, of course, the unknown woman – throws the, the scissors to Vicky. And once he cuts off that braid, Shri vanishes. So it's like, okay, well, we win? Yeah, we win. We got it. Yeah, victory. <laughs> like, you know, she ain't coming back because we cut off her braid. Fuck you. Like, you know, it's like, oh, all right. Well, no. That's all I, it took to, I think, to what they, I think they knew she was coming back. Because remember, this is the final night. She's only there for the four days. Cutting right. the braid just mm-hmm. took her power away. So she's just powerless for the rest of this one evening. Right. And, and yeah. she disappears. So it's like they, they, they got the W. They got the win. Uh, so the next day when we see the woman well, deciding hold on, she's going to don't, 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 for, don't forget, though, it's like after they get the W and all that kind of shit, then you have the, the slow walk back to town with all the naked oh, dudes. Oh, yeah. Where, with where, all where. the naked dudes. <laughs> <laughs> And they're doing the cool cool slow motion action walk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, high five each other. The entire thing is a reverse of what typically you see happen to women. You know, so instead, this is is a woman who is kidnapping and assaulting men. And, you know, God only knows doing what to them. And then, yeah, leaving them, you know, naked and, and, and yeah, shivering somewhere. They, they just want to go home. This just reminded me of the – it's funny you brought it up earlier, but this just reminded me of the end of Temple of Doom when all the, uh, all the kids come running out. <laughs> yeah. All the kids run out of the temple. Yay! Thank you, Indiana Jones. She's like, no problem, kids. I'm going to go fly a plane now and crash it. Oh, fortune and glory, doll. Fortune and glory. Fortune and glory. You want to go but, to New Delhi back now? Tomorrow. Let's go to New Delhi. Oh, don't you buy. Oh, but, don't you buy. Oh, oh, oh. But, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, then, 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 then the next day, yes, we, we cut to, um, you know, Rob, our girl with no name. Our, in hell. <laughs> So like uh, the fact the that this is all so, so like implanted into my fucking head still. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good fucking movie. It's my favorite one of the Indiana Jones series. Same I love here. Temple of Doom. Sorry, you know, you know, I'm sorry, Raiders and you know the Last Crusade. Fine, but no, Temple of Doom is the fucking best. And it was rated PG, uh, uh, and it was awesome. hundred percent support that statement. Yeah. It's the best one. It's the most fun. It has all the horror that you need. But anyway, it's like the monkey was saying. So, yes, the unknown woman is leaving on a bus. She's wearing the dress that uh, Vicky sewed for her, and it fits perfectly, of course. Uh, 
So Vicky decides to pick a dandelion. He's like, hey, I found this dandelion. Do you want it? Like, and she's like, oh, nice. Like, you know, that's cool. Like, you know, I'll, I'll take your dandelion. She's like, hey, uh, so, hey, say, by the way, Vicky, say. I like you. I like you, Vicky. I like you. So we're going to stay friends, right? He's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. We can, we can be friends. And she's like, yeah, friends. Yeah, nothing more. <laughs> you, friendship? You're not going to get this cookie. <laughs> yeah, because she's no, like, so. You know, so we can have a friendship. And he was like, oh, you want to have a friendship? <laughs> He's like, uh, no. <laughs> that means something different where I come from. And she's like, I don't care what that means. You're just my friend. So, you know, she gets on the bus and he begs her to stay. And she's like, I can't. Like, I really can't. You know, just remember what I said. Whenever you think about me, you know, I'll come. And he's like, oh, yeah? Friendship? No. I'll come back tomorrow. Not that friendship. <laughs> yeah. So she gets on the bus and, and leaves. And then you see in her bag she has street braid. So, and you see it glowing and it's just it's still ghostly and ghastly. And she decides to put it onto her own braid and then vanishes from the bus. Uh, <gasps> what? Okay, so it's weird. Wikipedia statement, it shows that she's a witch that wanted to steal Street's power. I didn't take it that way. I believe she's Street, and that's why she had to leave. This was the fourth day. She had to disappear because the festival is over, and she'll be back next year. So I think that Wikipedia is wrong on that. I I think she is absolutely Street, and that's why she's not having friendship with uh, with Vicky here. I totally get that. And that's the way I took it as. I was like, why Why else would she disappear from that bus? Why would she have to leave right after the festival's over? And she's like, I'm not telling you my name. Because even Vicky's like, oh, fuck, I forgot to ask your name. It's like, well, she never gave it to you because she's straight. But, you know, yeah, Wikipedia, definitely wrong with the whole thing. of like, I don't know, she's a witch that wanted Street's power. Uh, but we cut to the following year where Street comes back to Chandari, the village, and she sees that there's a statue at the town entrance with a new phrase, Oh, Street, protect us. And she sees that and realizes, I'm not going to come in there. I have to protect this village. So she doesn't enter and take any more men. Like, it's kind of a, a nice little sweet ending to Street. Yeah. Where it's like they, they give her the respect and love that she wanted and deserves. And she's going to be the protector of Chandari, the city. Which it's kind of nice, you know, that the fact that they did that, you know, showing respect to the dead, Chandari, which is the name of the city. So, um, so it, it was kind of cool to see that. So, yeah, uh, you know, like I said, overall, I mean, I, I personally would never visit a Bollywood movie unless it was picked for the show. But this movie did have some funny moments, like we talked about in the show. Very close-minded um, thinking. I, I'm I'm good. Well, you know, I can't like everything, unfortunately. You know, I only have so much time, <laughs> but. Um, always glad to discuss, you know, these movies that we've taken. And like I said, like, what was it? Uh, there were Men's Best Friend where I said, man, we could talk about anything. And I personally, I stick to that. So whether it's Bollywood, whether it's animated, whether it's just off the beaten path, if you pick it for the show, I will watch it. Um, you know, I do wish I could write YouTube an email and just say, can I get my rental back? I didn't really like this movie. <laughs> but I don't think I'm getting it back. I think it's gone. It's fine. Uh, so next week, uh, Ghoul and Dean, you will not be here for the episode, which is unfortunate, but we're going to carry on anyway. It's going to be a monkey and me episode. So I'm going to pick a special one just for him and I to talk about. And what are you saying? Like, so, hey, what, 
<laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know. It's, it's me and my monkey. So, anyway, <laughs> since you guys are not going to be part of the episode and just going to be me and monkey, uh, it's a one-off. It's a special one. So, it's not one that, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun one. So, we're going to go to 1992. And because I got my Ash figure, I've been thinking about it. And we've covered the first two of this series. So, we're going to close it out next week with Army of Darkness from 1992. Oh, that's not fair. You're mean. Well, it's happening. Uh, Well, you know what? It's not fair that you're not going to be part of the episode next week. (laughs) We're going to talk about Army of Darkness next week, just to kind of get back to the medieval ash. You had to be mean to the king all episode, right? We had to bust his balls. I mean, I don't care about next week's pick. I mean, it's a great film, but I'm not sad that I'm like missing I, the episode about it. I, I know, I know you're not. That's why I'm picking it because the monkey and I are gonna have fun talking about Ash in medieval era and kicking some dead eyed ass with Army of Darkness. So, monkey, let's do it. So we're gonna hail ah, the king. So, we're gonna, uh, so next week we're gonna sally forth. <laughs> sally forth. King can celebrate his <laughs> boy. <laughs> First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a very special episode of Talking Terror next week with the monkey and myself talking about Sam Raimi, <clears throat> Trilogy, Army of Darkness. We're going to see where Ash is in the medieval era after his volleys in Evil Dead 2. So stay tuned for that. So once again, Dean, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Six Three, and we'll see you back here next uh, two weeks from now. Oh, you're welcome, and I, and I look forward to when not just myself, but myself and the Ghoul make our, our triumphant uh, returns to Talking Terror. As you will, and I can't wait. So, and <laughs> Monkey, thank you so much for the three. and you and I are going to be talking about Medieval Deadites next week with Army of Darkness. Looking forward to it. And as for you, your adorable little fright's hands, thank you for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. Mwah! <laughs> Mwah! Big kisses <laughs> from the monkey. All right. So, Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself out? You know what, King? Why don't you come back tomorrow? Uh, stay scared, everybody. I will. Stay scared. <laughs> I'll come back whenever you guys need me. Just think about me, and I'll come. I'll come hard. I'll come for you all. Oh, jeez. Take that as you oh, will. Nicholas <laughs> Cage. So as, <laughs> yeah. Hound of the mushroom. A, yeah, I know. I can only get so hard thinking about Nicholas Cage. So anyway, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thanking you so much for listening to this episode of the show. We'll see you back here next week for Army of Darkness from 1992, directed by Sam Raimi. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. And so next we meet, like the ghoul always says, stay scared. We're going to miss you next week, ghoul, but we're going to sally forth. (laughs) Thanks, uncle.